When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs Pod, presented as always by Illegal Pete's. This March, donate by drinking. It's as easy as that. Illegal Pete's is teaming up with Tito's and Denver's youth on record program to help raise money for the future musicians of Colorado. Check them out at all their Colorado locations. Let's get into the show. What's up, everyone? We are back with another edition of the DMVR Rams slash DMVR Buffs podcast. I'm Justin Michael. Will Darkey is here. We're previewing the final four. Before I can mess up this intro for the 15th time, Will, my man, how is spring break? It's good. I'm uh, really emphasis on the break. I'm just relaxing. It's kind of, it's, it's this weird downtime. Like at the beginning of the tournament, it's just go, go, go. There's so many games. And then like right after that first weekend, it gets to like, all right, where's the basketball? So I'm, I'm really excited for this final four, but I, I wanted to, to finally get to us. I guess what is uh what is your opinion on this final four? Because there's a lot of hot takes, obviously no blue bloods. I mean, you can make the argument that UConn is a blue blood when you look at the amount of national championships they've won since 1999. They win this one. It'll be their fifth, I believe, which is very, very impressive in that time span. But you have three other teams that are making their first ever appearance. Fourth time, there have never been any ones in the final four. First time since 2011. And uh, first time since 79 that there have not been a single one, two, or three. It's wild, but I think it's been a lot of fun. I mean, these are really good teams, teams that won their leagues, AP top 25 programs, the metrics like them. I guess I don't really understand why people are tripping about the, uh, the lack of star power when you look at the quality of the teams that have made it. No, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's an exact opposite final four of what we got last year where it was like the blue bloods of the blue bloods um competing and so i don't know i think i enjoyed last year's final four but i think that's why i embraced this one a lot more is because like i got the blue blood or we all got the blue blood final four last year and so i kind of i kind of like this chaos and yeah it on paper, when you initially look at it, yeah, it's chaos. You've got San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. But then I really like what you said about the metrics. And if you look at Ken Palm, like, yeah, they're all top 25 teams now. And having good runs in March definitely, like, made that happen. But, like, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic had been hovering towards, like, the top 30 of Ken Palm all season long. Like, they, they weren't just these bad teams that are on their Cinderella runs. They were... I think I said it on like the the bracket review or whatever was that like Florida Atlantic was 
very underseated in my opinion. And now they've they've kind of proven that. And so I don't think it's too out of line to see these four teams in the final four. I don't either. I mean, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, two of the four teams in the country to win 30 plus games so far this season. We highlighted coming in how UConn was one of the most efficient teams defensively, offensively, and on the glass. They were the only team that ranked top 20 in all three of those. A pretty good sign of a of a good team. And they've obviously been dominant in their run, haven't even really had a game yet. And that's something I, I actually want to get into with you uh, later when we talk about that matchup. Just the fact that they've basically been on cruise control and some of these other teams have had to survive and grind and basically get the typical March Madness experience of the one possession game late. If it is a tight game, that could be kind of a weakness for UConn just because they haven't really been battle tested in that regard. But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Just real quick, we're not going to really go back and deep dive into the Elite Eight because, you know, we're pretty far removed at this point. But did you enjoy it? I guess, what were your thoughts on on how it all played out it, yeah, it ended I really, up being a pretty fun Final Four, as we've said. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, the The Florida Atlantic-Kansas State game surprised me. I thought that was maybe where their road ended. Not because, like, oh, this is a Cinderella run that is going to end, but I just also thought the way Kansas State was playing, it would they'd kind of meet their match, but Florida Atlantic, like, really impressed me there. And then, um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to ask you about the foul at the end of the San Diego state Creighton game. I, I get the argument that like, yes, it was a foul, but I feel like I'm more side on like, they weren't calling it all game. Really. It felt like a little bit more of a physical game. And for them, that kind of more ticky tack foul to get called with a second left. It felt a little weird. And then it felt even weirder when they just called the game I get like maybe they brought a stopwatch in and That's saw what happened, oh but yeah. yeah it it just it felt like I think I like turned to my roommate and said this feels like very similar to the Super Bowl this year where it was like a great game that then just got a little like tarnished at the end by the refs <sighs> I I actually disagree I I thought it was pass interference in the Super Bowl. I understand the argument of we don't want games decided by calls, but if it is a foul, I think it should be called. I do, however, agree with you that it was not in line with how that game had been officiated. It had been a very physical contest. I think it was a foul. And the fact that Trammell is so light, he's going to sell it. You know, he's in the air get the shove on the hip like he's gonna fly much further than if it had been matt bradley and that's just like the physics of the situation but i don't know i just it's a foul i thought it was a foul i just i i can get in line with that's not how they've been calling it all games so let's just go to ot at that point yeah i no, i do totally respect that opinion and i think like the other thing that hurts the case of the it was a foul is it wasn't the most common shooting foul in the game of basketball it wasn't um nemhard like going flying and like hitting his hand or not giving him a space to land it was the hand on the hip that is a foul i do agree like that is a foul it just i think didn't help that it was a little bit more of this like not as often called foul and people are like oh that's that's way too soft that's the thing about it either it 
if it had been a foul all game, then you can't be shocked because they'd been calling it all game. I do understand, especially if you're a Creighton supporter sitting there like, really? After this entire game, this is how it's going to end. But I got to give a lot of props to McDermott because post game, he refused to go that route, you know, talked about how the game doesn't get decided by that. You know, there were a lot of moments that led up to it. Obviously, San Diego State's three point defense is, is phenomenal. And we'll talk about that in the matchup. Creighton could not buy a bucket. It does kind of stink that that's a part of the storyline. Like whether it was a foul or not, it's just kind of a bummer that that great team or that great game between two great teams has that attached to it. And it always will. Yeah. See, I had some, just some ties to Creighton. Like I think if they would have won that game, it would have basically sealed some pools for me. And so initially I'm like, Oh man, that, that sucks. Like now I, who knows what, how the pool is going to play out. But then when I like sat down and, just let the ending like fester a little bit. I was really happy for San Diego state because they deserve this opportunity more than, I mean like them. And then maybe you can say Dayton, if Dayton were ever in a position like this are like the two teams that just deserve this opportunity because it got taken from them in 2020. So I'm super excited that San Diego state has gone on a little bit of a run and we get to see them like now get to be in the final four when who knows they could have been in it in 2020 but that that whole tournament was taken away from us so as an avid mountain west guy it'll always be hard for me that we didn't get that that we didn't get that san diego state team with matt bradley and all the shooting that they had and we did not get uh sam merrill and utah state because that team was a lot of fun too name is kata true seven footer like that really had a had a strong chance to change the reputation of the league. And thank God San Diego State has gone on this final four run. And I know that there's a lot of Pac-12 guys listening and they're probably like, oh, it's really going to be our team. Probably down the line, I concede it. But we needed this as Mountain West people, so give us the moment. And uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about this matchup. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, a couple of teams that are a lot of fun. I mean, I... I two of the most experienced teams, two of the deepest teams, both go nine deep. They can do the hockey rotation where you're going five for five, which you don't see a whole ton of. Um, where are you at on this one? Where What's your gut? My gut actually leans Florida Atlantic, not to dog on San Diego State or the Mountain West. No, that's West. the whole point of it's, this, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really not like, oh, they're, this, their Cinderella done is, their Cinderella run is done. I just, I feel like Florida Atlantic has kind of, in their run, they've gotten teams very similar to San Diego State. They like Tennessee. I feel like San Diego State is a glorified Tennessee in that like defense is the emphasis, but Tennessee's offense is like at times was pretty bad. Whereas I feel like San Diego State, they're a little more, their offense is a little more reliant. But we saw Florida Atlantic handle a team like Tennessee. I feel like Kansas State's even a little bit of that like similar play style where it's like a little more defense heavy, but they also were exciting on the offensive end and Florida Atlantic was able to pull out the victory there. So I feel like this opponent isn't too far away from what the owls have seen during their run. And I just, I don't know. I think they, they're just way too, they were too undervalued coming into this and they're really proving it now. And I think it's, it's weird. Like it, 
their first game was really close against Memphis and they almost got knocked out in the first round. But ever since then, it's like you, th- that first game is like the hump. And once you get over the hump, a run is totally possible. And I just, I think that's what I see with Florida Atlantic right now is they, they're a lot better and the, the advanced metrics say it and I, their seed line is a nine, but I don't know. I think they're kind of meant to be here and they're going to, they're going to beat the Aztecs. Do you have an X factor in the matchup? Um, I think John L. Davis has had a great tournament for the Owls. Same with Elijah Martin. Um, so I think maybe there, but also uh, Vlad Golden, the seven-footer for the Owls, could. He had a great Elite Eight game, and so he maybe could provided a little bit of a mismatch down low. Um, but for San Diego State, I think you could point at a Tramel having a good game. Um, Lamont Butler, he he's could be great. a guy that, yeah, he, he's been awesome. Um, I think he could definitely take over the game. And like Matt Bradley, who I still think is the best player on the Aztecs team, he's had a good tournament, but he hasn't like taken over. And so I think in the final four in Houston, maybe we see Matt Bradley like really come out and impress. That's who I have as the X factor in the matchup for San Diego state. If they win, I think they need vintage Matt Bradley. He struggled to hit some shots. He typically has made these last couple of seasons. And fortunately for San Diego state, it hasn't cost them because guys like Lamont Butler and Ladie and some of these other guys have really stepped up in big moments and, that's the the depth of this team. It's it's so overwhelming. My big question is, can Florida Atlantic play with the pace and create the, op, the shots that they typically create against the San Diego State defense? San Diego State, they want to really slow the matchup down. FAU is going to want to speed it up. San Diego State, if they can set the tone, if they're allowed to play with the same physicality, the hand checking, the stuff they're known for, I think that really favors them. The other thing that's really significant to me Nobody relies more on making threes out of these four teams than FAU. Nobody defends the three better than San Diego State. We've already seen them take it away from some pretty, you know, consistent offenses, Alabama, Creighton, Charleston. It's not like they've beaten some, you know, schlocks on their on their way to this tournament. I don't even know what that means. I hope that's not like a bad thing. But um haven't beaten some poor opponents on their way to the final four. Let's be more correct there. Um I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out there. It's kind of strength versus strength. Something's got to give either FAU's efficient offense and all these quality looks they get at the hoop or for quick threes are going to pay off or it's San Diego state's defense and their overwhelming ball pressure. And if they can create turnovers and if their rim guys are protecting the paint, I could see where they just win a really like mucked up, you know, 52 to 50 type game. Definitely. I love the point you made about the Florida Atlantic being reliant on the three ball. And that's exactly what San Diego State's good at guarding. I guess my one counter, I don't have the specific numbers pulled up, but I just remember hearing before the Elite Eight. So it was their first three matchups. Florida Atlantic was, they shot 38% from the field in the regular season, or not in the from the field, from three in the regular season. And I think through their first three games, they were only shooting like 30%. So well below what they were getting 
in the regular season and they were still finding ways to pull out victories that I, I don't know. That's where I feel like it maybe comes into that. Like you, a team gets over the hump and now it's just a little bit of like a destiny run and they don't need their normal three point shooting. But I, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of hypotheticals and I do, I do um, appreciate your opinion of San Diego state's three ball defense being really, it could, it could really like uh, what's the, what's the term throw a wrench in FAU's offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that's going to be the biggest key in this matchup is if FAU is hitting threes, I'm not sure that San Diego State necessarily has the shot making to consistently keep up if this game is played in the high 70s. If this game is even the low 70s, maybe, but if this game is below that, if San Diego State's able to do what they typically do, and I believe right now they're holding tournament teams like 22 points below their typical average, if they do that, and they set the pace like they have in every single one of these matchups. They're just tough, man. They they kind of hang around. They're both of these teams have just kind of hung around. And really Miami too, like if they've been a little bit more dominant at times, but I kind of think of that Drake matchup where they're trailing late and then all of a sudden they end up winning by like seven. San Diego State, FAU, they just kind of linger. And I think that's the the depth and experience they have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the, I, I like the way that just both the matchups kind of landed for the final four. I think San Diego state, Florida Atlantic is a really good fun it, for like a basketball junkie. It's a really fun matchup. The, the common person's going to look at that and be like, why am I going to, why is, why am I going to turn on two mid majors for the final four? But I think it's a really fun matchup. And then, with the UConn Miami game, I think it, it kind of it, it's tough because I think Miami, out of the three teams to play against UConn, I think they are the toughest. They are going to be UConn's toughest opponent. And shout out to our presenting sponsor, Illegal Pete's. This episode, as always, brought to you by them. And this March, donate by drinking. It's as easy as that. Illegal Pizza is teaming up with Tito's and Denver's youth on record program to help raise money for the future musicians of Colorado. Youth on Record provides unprivileged children in the Denver community with music-based strengths and skills that will give them the platform they need to accomplish their dreams. For the entire month of March, Illegal Pizza will be donating a dollar to Youth on Record for every vodka fresh press sold, stop by one of Illegal Pete's 10 Colorado locations, order a Tito's Fresh Press, and know that your money is going to support Colorado's next big star. Illegal Pete's your go-to for burritos, buddies, and beer. And also, we've got the Rockies season in full swing. We have Avs, Nuggets, prepping for some real playoff pushes and this is a great time to sign up with fubo tv go to fubo tv.com slash dnvr you can get 140 live channels of sports shows movies and news stream live tv um start by watching immediately with a seven-day free trial no contract no cable no hassle it's an amazing deal, great way to watch all your teams on your smart TV, 
all your devices, tablets, phone on the go. It's amazing. Watch Rockies, Avs, Nuggets on Altitude Sports, AT&T with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Use that code DMVR, F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash DNVR. The best potential matchup that we have in this Final Four, we're going to see on Saturday in UConn, Miami. I think that could be their toughest opponent. I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of clashes styles in both games. We already talked about San Diego State wants to slow it down and defensively, and FAU is this efficient offense that can play with pace. Miami, they're going to be significantly undersized in this one. UConn's going to have definitely way more size, but there's just something about that team. They're feisty. They're they're quick. They're great at creating second chance opportunities and you know following up their misses. Very similar to TCU in that regard, and that's a big strength in these tournaments. You know, if you're following your shot and you create those second chance opportunities, it's backbreaking. They're well coached. I just wonder if they have the defense to stop this UConn offense once it gets rolling. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. I think, I don't know, I was watching that Miami-Texas game, and it it really didn't feel like Miami had a chance. It just felt like it was Texas's ball game, and they just were going to kind of handle it into like the last 10 minutes. And then out of nowhere, like a comeback just happened. And so I think that's where a team like Miami is really dangerous is their guards. Like, like you stop, you stop Nigel pack and they've got Isaiah Wong. Oh, well you stop Isaiah Wong. They've got Jordan Miller. Like they can just put so many elite guards out there that if, I mean, college basketball is a game of runs. If UConn gets a little cold here, there, and at the same time, um, one of Miami's guards is going off like Jordan Miller did in their Elite Eight game when he didn't miss a single shot from the field or from the free throw line. That was insane. I, it, yeah, that was, I didn't even realize that until they said it after the game. Like, wow. Cause I, I knew he was playing well, but that, that was a, a just crazy but that's stat. A credit line. to him. It's, it was very efficient. He was playing within that game. Like, he was very clearly the star, but it, it happened so quietly, I think, just because it was, like he was making all the right plays. It wasn't like he was, you know, heat checking it or anything like that. He just kind of went with the flow and happened to make every single play. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think I'm I'm giving out this hypothetical of like, oh, if UConn gets cold, like Miami has just enough elite guards to be able to then go on this run and keep the game close or maybe expand a little bit of a lead. But in doing that, I'm not giving enough justice to UConn's depth. They've got, they've got killers everywhere. Like, they've got Jordan Hawkins, Tristan Newton, Adama Sanogo. They've got two like elite centers that, like, either could be like Sanogo was the guy coming in this year, and now I'm totally spacing on their other center's name. Um, but he could be starting on like any other high major program, Hawkins. and so no, it's Hawkins. Oh, that's like- like, yeah. he's the guard that's yeah. been tearing it up as well. So like, that's where I, I think you like look at a Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong and it's like, okay, like they're an elite guard. That's where 
Miami has like a one up in this matchup, but I don't know if they do because of how Jordan Hawkins has been playing either. I think it's basically a draw right there with when you're just looking at personnel. So I think Miami like has the best chance at taking down UConn, but I I still don't think they do. I think UConn just they're playing some of the most dominant basketball I've seen in a while. I think you're thinking of Donovan Klingon. Yep. Clinging. Yep. That's right. It's all right. It's, it's been one of those days, man. It took me nine <laughs> times to do this intro. I'm mixing up guys' names. It's, it's where we're at. But when you watch this much college basketball over, you know, a two month period, it, it all does kind of blur together. I'm going to make you kind of go out on a line here. I mean, you've already somewhat given where you're leaning in these matchups, but give me your national championship prediction and, who do you see winning it all? Uh, so I've got UConn versus Florida Atlantic, the national championship. Just just a great national championship, in my opinion. I think it really embodies what this entire season was, where there wasn't like a true elite team at the top. Like People were trying to find what is the elite team, and that's where like Alabama kind of got assigned it at the beginning of this tournament. But like there was no true elite team. So if you get a UConn-FAU matchup, I think that's just great. And I'm going to I'm gonna lean UConn. But, man, if FAU can somehow pull this off and the CUSA wins the March Madness, the NIT, and the CBI, that would be an incredible storyline for that mid-major conference. That would be cool. And if FAU won it all, I certainly would be happy. I'm going to go see... I'm going to go the opposite in both matchups. I'm going to go San Diego State takes it because defensively I think they just I think they're a challenge and we tend to see especially when teams play them for the first time that ball pressure just it overwhelms you I mean even Alabama it was it completely changed that game I think UConn is the best remaining team I want to add this as a caveat before and that's kind of cheap of me I know but I do think they are the best team they've obviously cruised they've been dominant they're also 0-4 this season in one-possession games. And with how Miami has been just kind of able to hang around and make these late runs like they did against Drake, like they did against Texas, as long as Miami can just hang around and are within striking distance, I think they're going to be really confident, and it's, it's just going to be interesting there. That said, I certainly would not be surprised if UConn just rolls and wins both of these games by double digits and pulls like a Villanova of a couple years ago where it's just sheer dominance all the way through. And then they certainly have, but all these teams have been battle tested outside of them. And I, I just think that's going to be a factor in this final four. Yeah. I guess this is a little bit of a off topic, but I would mean to ask you this question too, with FAU, because even though they are like the nine seed Cinderella darling, or like they should be, They've kind of taken on this like villain of the tournament arc with the with the dunk at the end of the Fairleigh Dickinson game, with the taking Kansas State's little baby song and just maybe mocking it, maybe not at the end of beating them. Where do you stand on all that? Do you think it's like do you see them as like they are the villain? Or do you think if they if they are able to somehow win this, people will be like, okay, that's a pretty, pretty cool like Cinderella victory i wasn't a fan of the dunk 
that said, I think we're all too sensitive as sports fans. And I like talking trash. I like, you know, I, I could go with a little bit more late 90s WWF of teams, you know, <laughs> just completely mocking after they after they get the victory. So I like it. I like that they're kind of leaning into the villain mode just because nobody believed in them. Nobody thought they would be here. They got underseated. And after surviving, you know, they've had some things go their way. Certainly the officiating late in that Memphis game was kind of questionable. I thought Memphis should have got the timeout, but that's how it goes, you know, in the NCAA tournament. You need a couple of things to go your way. You could say the same thing about San Diego State. You could say the same thing about Miami. You know, you have a couple calls go your way, obviously, if you're the Aztecs. I don't know. I'm all about it. I just, I would really like to see a first-time national champion. That's that's what I'm rooting for. I think UConn's a great program. I have nothing against them. I don't think they get the respect that they deserve. I alluded to that at the beginning. They could be considered a blue blood with what they have accomplished over the last 25-ish years. I'm not doing the math off the top of my head, but I don't know. I'm just excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think anybody that tries to bring up TV ratings or, or something like that is just a dork. Why do you care? Yeah, Unless why you do you work care? for Turner Sports? Why do you care? You're not seeing a check in the mailbox. Like, so just enjoy whatever game is going on. And if you don't, don't care, guess what? There's a lot of great NBA and NHL down the stretch that you can turn your attention to. So I just, the people trying to poo-poo all over the Final Four, all over this epic tournament, which I have done absolutely terrible on as far as predictions go. My bracket is trash. I didn't get a single Final Four team correct. Gambling-wise, other than San Diego State, pretty much taken a beating. But it's been amazing. It's been so much fun. And, and if you're not into it, then just don't watch it. You don't have to comment on it. I guess that's my point. I'm not trying to get all poetic here. I've just read a lot of really annoying commentary in the last day or two as I've kind of prepared for this mad for these matchups. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, I guess over the years of just being on social media and following sports teams and this and that, I've been able to see like there's two different sports fans or like the spectrum and you get the fans that like in a really tough loss will be like hey like it's it's totally fine like you're you're a great human being and i don't care but then you'll see the you'll see people that like only comment and only interact with their team or with a league when the worst of the worst has happened and this is even the worst of the worst with like the final four we got but like if if that person had gotten a a blue blood final four, it would have been like, oh my god, I cannot believe like it's all blue bloods. Like there's no there's no difference in this tournament ever. And but now that it's mid major, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe we've got a bunch of nobody. It's like okay, you just can't be happy. And that's what I was saying that to somebody was. It it is a little refreshing, like also following college football that you get. It's like oh let's see what matchup of Georgia, Alabama we're going to get this year or Georgia, Ohio state or something. And this one, it's like, wow, we get to watch San Diego state versus Florida Atlantic. Like you're, I'm sorry. You're just never going to see that matchup again in the final four. So just like cherish it a little bit. It's a cool little like moment in sports history. It's what it's all about. It's why the NCAA tournament is absolutely perfect. It's why any suggestions to change it or make it so that, high majors do their own tournament and don't invite 
the FAUs of the world. It just goes against the spirit of what we all love about this event. That said, they've made plenty of decisions in college football that went against the spirit of what we loved about that too. So I, I guess I won't hold my breath. I am going to enjoy this tournament and I don't think any major changes are coming in the near future. But Will, thank you for doing this on your spring break, man. I really appreciate you. It's been a blast talking about this. I'm sure we'll talk about the championship game as well, but I just, I love having another dude on here that is just passionate about college basketball. There needs to be more of us out there. I know the NBA is great. It's a blast. It's a better product in terms of like shot making efficiency, all that, but nothing beats the drama of March. I couldn't agree more. And yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It's been just an absolute pleasure each week getting to hop on. And I'd love to like after the championship, break that down and then just talk transfer portal. Cause like as the, as buffs, I, I've been keeping up with the guys that have entered the portal for the bus, but like there's been some significant news for the Rams too. So I'd, I'd love to talk portal and yeah, but it's, it has just been a blast. And so thank you so much for the opportunity. Hell yeah, man. It's been awesome. We will be back. Shout out to all of you. Make sure you're keeping up with everything DNVR Rams, DNVR Buffs have to offer. We're about to get into the playoff competition for the Nuggets and Avs fall, everything they're doing, Broncos, Rapids. I think I named everybody uh, the golf guys. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Follow everybody at DNVR. Everybody's doing great things. (laughs) Shout out to all you guys. Much love. Peace. And before we start the final segment, shout out to Bacchus and Shanker on that Shadur line. Call 222-2222 to set up a consultation. When you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help. They are all in on DMVR, man. I love this partnership. They've been amazing to us. They uh, they know what they're doing over there. They win for Colorado families. Um and, you know, helping people who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. And the beauty of them is they are free until they win money in your case. No upfront fees to speak of. It's all about your case. They work for you. Beckus and Shanker has won over a billion dollars for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of our beautiful state including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shankers helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycles, rideshares, pedestrians, trucks. We can even help if you're injured at work. Call us at that Shador line, 222-2222, to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins, just like Coach Prime and the buffs and as always you are getting prepped for some college hoops no better time to bet on college hoops right now than at DraftKings sportsbook the king of sportsbook use that code dnvr at sign up to get all their amazing deals right now five dollars to win two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly get in on their nba no sweat sgps right now they've got an mlb no sweat deal that's awesome as the baseball season starts up love the rhythm of these new baseball games and baseball season um look we've been raking it in on the ncaa tournament we will be raking it in 
on Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. I swear the Avs will turn things around. It's a great time to make some money on sports. Download the app now and sign up with code DMVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.